Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studio in Alpharetta, it's time for Profit Sense with Bill McDermott. Good morning. Welcome to Profit Sense. This podcast dives into the stories behind some of Atlanta's successful businesses, business owners, and the professionals that advise them. We help business leaders get the word out about the important work they're doing to serve their market, their community, and their profession. I'm your host, Bill McDermott, and this show is presented by The Profitability Coach. When business owners want to increase their profitability, they often don't have the expertise to know where to start or what to do. I leverage my knowledge and relationships from 32 years in banking to identify the hurdles getting in the way and create a plan to deliver profitability you never thought possible. We have two great guests on our show today. Uh, Troy Cobb. Troy, welcome. Welcome to Profit Sense. Glad you're here. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. And also Mark Ligler. Mark, welcome to Profit Sense. Uh, so glad that you came on the show today. Thanks, Bill. Glad to be here. So, Troy, I'm going to start with you. Cinch uh, IT, uh, owner of that firm for a while, but you haven't always been an entrepreneur. Uh, tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Um, actually, I have always been an entrepreneur. As early as uh, 13 years old, me and my best friend um, started a business selling pocketbooks. Uh, not really uh, sure I love how that. We got- how we got into that. But uh, my aunt ordered several pocketbooks and never paid for them and put us out of business. But that was the uh, <laughs> beginning of my uh, entrepreneurial journey. Um, on the side, I, I, I've, I've had a real estate agent license. I've, a, I've had my real estate license. I've had my insurance license. I've done several things on the side, but this is my first time jumping out there to where um, it's no longer a side hustle. This is this is my business. This is how I put food on the table. So uh, it's been quite a journey. Um, this year uh, has flown by. It's amazing, um, and uh, really seeing some some really some really good numbers coming up uh, here lately. Last couple of months, so I'm really happy. So I know you said you had a lot of choices about uh, uh, businesses to start, uh, but you said you wanted a franchise. Uh, why is that? Well, if I was younger, maybe I, a franchise wouldn't be as attractive to me. But, you know, I'm in my mid-50s now, I'll be 55 next week. And uh, I wanted a framework um, that had a proven success rate uh, rather than starting from scratch and trying to build it myself from scratch. So that's why the franchise model was was attractive to me. Um, I looked at several franchises. Um, but none of them really had any synergies with my uh, my prior career until I saw Cinch IT, and that's why I decided to go with this franchise. We're talking this morning with Troy Cobb. He's the owner of Cinch IT Vining's office in the Atlanta metro area. Uh, since 2004, Cinch IT has been providing customer-focused managed IT services for businesses of all sizes. So, Troy... Um, Talk a little bit about the IT challenges for business owners. Uh, what are you seeing out there? Great question. Um, what I'm seeing out there is a lot of companies falling for impersonation emails. 
uh, falling for in person, um, phishing attacks, uh, businesses that have out of date equipment, such as firewalls and servers, which are critical to the backbone of their IT network. So we offer a free cybersecurity assessment. And when we do that assessment, that's when we find these things. Um, it's amazing to me how many business owners, um, no, I, I wouldn't say that because I know how busy I am now, but it's uh, what we find a lot when I do the assessment is that a lot of business owners aren't aware of how much they're paying for their internet access as well as what their internet speed should be. Um, are they actually getting what they're paying for? Are they paying for an old plan and should update to a new plan? Um, that has been pretty much the case on every single assessment that I've done. And we can help them from their internet speed to their firewall appliance to their server that is the backbone of their IT network. And we often come in and can help them with all of that. It's just a matter of just like being a business coach. Sometimes you just got to take them and show them, you know, these are the things you, you that are critical to your business and you really need to give it a little bit of attention. And that's what we do with our um, free cybersecurity assessment. So is there a story of a business where you solve their IT challenges that you can share with our audience? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the IT challenges we, we helped the business with was they had just recently fallen for an impersonation email attack. And they had one of their employees go out and buy $1,800 worth of um, gift cards and actually give it to the attacker because they thought it was the CEO of the company telling them to go buy these gift cards. So what we do with that is we set up a program called our secure program, which actually sends out simulated in-person emails as well as simulated phishing emails. And if the client client's employee falls for the simulated phishing attempt and clicks on a bad link, it actually takes them to a training and shows them what they should have done to realize that this was a phishing attempt and helps them to be better the next time a fishing, a real fishing attempt comes about um, to catch it and, and not fall for it. So we're continuing our conversation today with uh, Troy Cobb. Uh, Troy happened upon Cinch IT. He immediately understood the services uh, Cinch provided to the outsourced IT market because his former employer utilized outsource IT and Troy understood the pain points on a personal level because of that experience. So what I'm wondering, uh, Troy, I know you go through an IT assessment uh, for your clients and potential clients. Uh, could you talk through that? Yes. So what we do in our, in our IT assessment is we start from where the internet connection comes into the building to the firewall appliance, if they have one, to the server, if they, if they are using the server in their business, and then out to all the endpoints, which would be your laptops and your um, PCs that are in the building. Uh, also, we look at your Wi-Fi network because your Wi-Fi network should be segregated between your guest network and your employee network. We make sure you have that segregation set up because um, that's a major point of vulnerability into your server when is your, your Wi-Fi, how it's set up and make sure that it's a business level Wi-Fi. Also, we make sure they have a business level firewall with a current license. Um, a lot of business get their firewall set up and then they leave it and forget about it. 
But if the license is incurred in your in your business of a firewall, it's actually not doing much at all. So we make them aware of all those things and we give them a report with all the vulnerabilities in it. And we allow them to make a choice, um, either fix these things yourself or bring us on and we'll take care of these problems so that they don't happen again in the future. Well, that sounds like really critical work that you do there. So if we have anyone out there in our listening audience uh, that needs outsourced IT services, Troy, what's what's the best way for them to get in touch with you and your firm? The uh, best way to get in touch with me is to give me a call. I'm at, at area code 678-899-9590. Or you can email me at troy.cobb at cinchit.com. It's Troy. T-R-O-Y.com, at cinchit.com. Troy, this has been great information. Thanks so much for coming on ProfitSense today. Uh, IT is certainly an important service, and, and you provide an invaluable service to your clients through, uh, through the IT services you provide. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed the show. So we're now going to uh, turn over to Mark Ligler. Uh, Mark, you and I originally met through a uh, mutual acquaintance, your, uh, your attorney, and uh, uh, it's been a great relationship there where we've worked together over the years. Uh, your firm, Factory Automation, is a fascinating company. Uh, you all have, have built it uh, into the uh, great business that it is. So I, I'd like for you to talk a little bit about Factory Automation, how you started and how you've built the company to what it is today. Okay, well, the, uh, the starting of factory automation system is uh, a little different. It was primarily out of need. My business partner, Ross Pryor, and I, who, by the way, met when we were freshmen at Georgia Tech in 1972, and have been good friends since. Uh, we worked for a company that did similar work to what we do, automation, a lot of it uh, in the automotive final assembly. And the owners of that company got in trouble and had to sell. So we had new owners come in that didn't take, take Ross and I long to figure out that they were going to fire him or me or maybe both of us. So uh, I had decided to go look for a job and Ross closed the door and said, wait a minute, I got this plan. He had a business plan. The name in the company, the holding name in the company was CBD for can't be done. And uh, it sounded like a good idea. And we went off and, uh, and started a business. Uh, it was difficult at first because the business we had been in, I was vice president of engineering. Ross was vice president of the company. So we had to go out and find a customer base that was completely different than what we served at the other company just to avoid any entanglements. Uh, we did. Uh, I had been in this style of business for eight years. Ross had a year or two ahead of me, so nine or ten years. Uh, we started the business, and you know how things happen. We started with a couple of employees, got about four employees, and then a year after we started the company, the old company went out of business. So we found ourselves with about, we went from about eight people to 40 people in the course of a few days. Because wow. every, everybody uh, needed jobs. Uh, it was easy hires for us because we knew them. They also came with work. 
So, you know, I say necessity because Ross and I were at a point in our lives. We had new homes, two young. He had two young kids. I had three young kids. And it's like, what are we going to do if this falls apart? So it's been a very interesting ride. It's been a fun one. Uh, but there's been lots of obstacles that have thrown up on the way. So I know in general, robotics are utilized to do jobs that people don't want to do, but I'd love to hear your take on what are the trends going on in robotics today? Well, they're quite different than they were 15 years ago. 15 years ago, we were the bad guys. We were the guys coming in with automation and eliminating jobs. About 10 years ago, that changed because people began to realize by putting automation in the this manufacturing facility may stay here instead of going overseas or to Mexico. So it's quite a turnabout to, uh, to have gone from uh, you're our biggest enemy because you kill jobs to, oh, no, we want you in. Uh, you save jobs. <laughs> but the trend today is robotics. Uh, a lot of our business is doing jobs that people don't want to do anymore. Uh, we have one customer that uh, their product is large brake drums and rotors for the transportation industry. They weigh 150 to 200, to 200 pounds each. And they had before automation, they had people with little hoists loading these in machine tools. The problem is at eight o'clock, those people can work pretty fast, but by four o'clock, they're slow. Put a robot in front of it. A couple of things about a robot. It doesn't take breaks. It'll work without the lights on. And, uh, you know, it works the same rate in the morning as it does in the afternoon. So throughput and efficiency, plus, I guess, Bill, that real issue of taking jobs that nobody wants to do anymore. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, And so I'm going to switch topics now and and talk a little bit about uh, managing through recessions. So the the benefits of having been in business as long as you have is you've managed through multiple recessions. Um, I know uh, you have mentioned to me in the past uh, the importance of diversification, but really, as you've managed through multiple recessions, how have you done it? Well, we decided early on that we weren't going to tie to one specific business or industry. We decided that we were going to be the technologists that understood the technology of automation. We really don't care what our customer does. So we, we find ourselves in building materials, making, uh, making di- diaper fiber, plastic trash bags. It's pretty amazing what we do. Uh, but again, it's applying the technology. So, you know, the, our worst event was in 2001 when airplanes hit the buildings, and that was a tough one to get through. But I will say because we were diversified, you know, if you got segments of your business, 20% here, 15% here, and 35% falls off, you still have enough that you can survive. Because, and we've been in survival mode probably three times since we started the company. Uh, 2001, 08, 09, and then just recently through all the uh, COVID stuff of the last couple of years. And, you know, what what happens, you have customers that call, put my product on hold. So all of a sudden you go from being very busy to everybody's got you on hold. Then the interesting part is when things change and they want to take you off hold, 
and get you going, but yet you've been out there soliciting work and you basically get uh, a pretty huge backlog and you have to execute. And that's an awful uh, management choice too. Sure. Well, uh, you've certainly been successful in uh, uh, managing through those recessions, and uh, uh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, thanks for sharing that experience and wisdom. So, I want to shift our conversation a little bit to uh, uh, business succession, management succession. Um, you know, the baby boomer generation is looking forward to retirement. Uh, that creates uh, management succession issues. It can be a real challenge. How have you and Ross started that process in your business, and what challenges have you encountered? Well, we started it very slowly because we knew about seven years ago the need was going to happen. And when you have, I think we have cut 75 or 76 paychecks the last payroll, when you have that many families that you're supporting, you got to be careful. But we started by bringing in a, a, a technical guy who worked for us as, uh, and we'll talk about this later, as a co-op when he was at Georgia Tech. And he's now our general manager. Then we brought in uh, another guy be become our uh, director of operations. So basically, with those two people, the tasks that Ross generally did day to day, we were covering those. And that, that's one thing I want to emphasize. With two of us as key players, we didn't try and solve everything at once. It was, okay, let's replace this guy, make sure our footing's good. And then it was my turn. And, you know, I'm, I'm a year into this. I have a, a new controller that started almost exactly a year ago. And then we just hired a director of project management who – uh, as what happens in a lot of businesses, we knew as a customer for about eight years. Uh, so getting those people on board so you can transfer the knowledge, the methodology, the however you want to phrase it. You know, we, we're a company that if, if we have an abrupt change, for example, if we were to sell it to an, an entrepreneur out there and he comes in and wants to change everything, I know that uh, 20 or 30 people would quit, go across the street, put up a sign, be in the same business. Because in our business, our assets are purely our people. The rest of it's nothing. But uh, managing that chain and, and now of our, uh, what I'll call our top level people, we have a group of four, we call them the gang of four, that has expressed an interest in uh, getting ownership. And uh, so we're in the midst of that right now. Well, and, you know, you have really done a great job at successfully uh, developing that talent, and uh, it's really paid big dividends for you. We're talking to Mark Ligler uh, today with Factory Automation Systems. Factory Automation Systems is a full-service systems integrator that provides turnkey solutions to manufacturing companies. And Mark, on the same subject, uh, finding top talent is is critical for all businesses. Now, you've used college co-op programs to find top talent. Talk a little bit about that. Okay. Well, I'll give you a brief what the full path is. When we started the business, we hired everybody we knew. Then we hired everybody but th that those people knew, and then we ran out of those resources. 
And in our business, we've been very lucky hiring people away from some of the major corporations. Some of them were customers and coming to work. But moreover, well, more than not, we kind of have to bring up our own people. We have to grow them. So we're heavily involved with the uh, the co-op program at Georgia Tech, uh, Auburn. We got one guy from Cincinnati. Uh, interesting story. He just happens to be the son of one of our customers. But uh, you know the co-op program where these kids that are going to engineering school uh, engage in an agreement with us that they'll work every other semester for three semesters to get the right credits to the co-op degree. Uh, that's been very useful to us. You know, I mentioned our general manager, he started with us as a co-op. But during the co-op period, we, we, we give them real engineering jobs, working with engineers to mentor them. And we're trying to develop them, see what their talents are. It's kind of like if they like us and like what we do and they show some talent in what we're doing and seem to like it too. We've been very successful at con converting those to full-time hires. We probably, out of the 70 people I mentioned, we probably have 15 to 20 that are former co-ops with us. And we currently have six or seven co-ops every semester. So we, we just keep that up. Well, that sounds like a winning strategy. So if we have uh, some listeners that are manufacturing concerns that are considering some uh, uh, some robotics uh, in their business, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you and factory automation systems? The easiest thing is to hit our website, which is factoryautomation.com. And we have a, a, a link there where you can go to sales at factoryautomation.com and get in touch with us. If that fails, you can call us at 770, uh, excuse me, area codes, yeah, 770-996-6955. Hit the zero for the operator, and she will direct your call to whoever we got that's available that can help you. Well, listen, Mark, thanks for coming on the show today and not only sharing your experience and expertise, but also some, some really uh, – in, good insights into not only your industry, but also in uh, recruiting top talent and succession. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. So as we close out the show, I want to share a couple thoughts about corporate culture. And I'm reminded of a quote that Peter Drucker made. Uh, and he said, culture, each strategy for breakfast. You can have the best strategy in the world, but if you don't have the culture to go with it, uh, you're going to be in trouble. Further, I had the experience of going to uh, an event. It was actually a chili cook-off uh, with one of my clients and saw this firm not only talking culture, but walking their culture as well. It was a great event. It was well attended. Uh, everybody in that culture felt like family. And so I just want to, as we close the show today, reemphasize, you might have the best strategy in the world, uh, but if you don't have a good corporate culture, you're really not going to be experiencing everything that your business could be. So if you want to keep up with the latest in pro-business news, follow us on social media for the latest stories. If you want to listen to past Profit Sense podcasts, 
You can find us on ProfitSenseRadio.com. This is Profit Sense with Bill McDermott signing off. Make it a great day.